0: And of course, what you just saw depicted was Jesus healing the paralytic, and that's in the Gospels of uh, Matthew and Mark. But today we're going to use the account from the book of Luke. The book of Luke specifically will be in Luke 5 verses 17 through 26. So, you can either look at the verses on the screen or you can look at your own Bible or the those here in the sanctuary can look at the red Bible in the chair back in front of them on page five hundred and forty three but uh, if you 're physically able, those who are here in the sanctuary now i 'm going to ask you to stand if you will in honor of god 's word and i'm and follow along as I read from the screen uh, luke five seventeen through twenty six And then at the end of that, I'll I'll pray. So, it's beginning with Luke 5, verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? Verse 24. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So we said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Let's pray. Dear God, you are a remarkable God. Thank you, Lord for forgiving our sins. Thank you for healing us of the many trials and tribulations of this world, both physical and those between our ears. Lord, may we draw on your word today to embolden us and encourage us and empower us to share your love with others. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Thank you. You may be seated. You may be seated. So our church just began an initiative called Who's your one in 2021? Who's your one in 2021? And we are challenging. We are expecting every member of this church to be praying for one person this calendar year and to share the love of Jesus in an intentional and relational way with that person during this year. We have passed out prayer guides towards this end. Uh, many of you have put the name of your one on a card and turned that into the church leadership and the elders and the deacons are praying on a regular basis for your one if you submitted their name either online or here at church but again it's not who is the elders one but it's who's your one so you're the one that is tasked with sharing with them. And I hope that what we talk about today will encourage you to do that. So a little audience participation. I got three yes, no questions for you based on the text that we just read. Question number one. And again, these questions don't focus so much even on Jesus or the paralytic, but those who brought the paralyzed man to Jesus. Number one, the people who carried the man to Jesus, they knew who their one was. Yes or no? Yes. Question number two. The people who brought the paralytic to Jesus played an active role in pointing him towards Jesus. Yes or no? And question number three. After Jesus showed what he could do, their response, it tells us in verse 26, was, we have seen remarkable things today. Were the people amazed? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Because we serve an amazing God who can not only heal us but forgive our sins. So, we're going to just briefly unpack these verses a little bit more, and then I just have four simple questions to ask you towards sharing with your one in 2021. So, going through the verses here, and you can use your Bible, in verse 17, it tells us that the Pharisees and the teacher of the law from all over the country came to hear Jesus preach. Well, folks, this wasn't happenstance. They came intentionally. Why? because they had to check this new guy out. Word was out about this Jesus. He was not playing by the rules. He was casting demons out of people. In the, in the Gospel of Luke, the verses right before the ones we read talk about him healing a man with leprosy. They were skeptical, they were questioning, and they wanted to find out what was going on. And the main characters here were the Pharisees. And their job was to call out false prophets. And that's a good thing. The the intention, the original start of the Pharisees was a good thing. You should be calling out false prophets because certainly there were many of them. However, eventually the Pharisees began to abuse their power. They became legalistic. They became hypocritical. And they, get this now, they held that tradition and rituals were just as authoritative as God's word. That traditions and rituals were just as authoritative as God's word. And in time, they became the most severe critics of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus taught salvation through a relationship with God, not through man-made religious rules. In verse 18 and 19, the paralytic is lowered through the roof. What does paralytic mean? Paralytic just means someone who is paralyzed, has a large muscle group that is paralyzed, either permanently or intermittently. I looked up one statistic that said one in 50 people in the United States today have some form of paralysis. Now, in verse 20, Jesus could have just healed him and sent him on his way, (laughs) but not our God. He, was, he knew all these people were watching, and so he was going to give them a lesson on sin and forgiveness. And by doing this, he was going to force the crowd to consider him in a whole new dimension of who he really was. A whole other realm of his heavenly authority. And so he looks down at the paralytic and he says, friend, your sins are forgiven mind blown right everyone's watching is oh my goodness oh my goodness he just claimed to do something that only god can do the forgiveness of sins and in verse 21 we read that the pharisees immediately began thinking to themselves how dare he how dare he who does he think he is He's not allowed to do that. That's blasphemy. That's contempt for God. That's punishable by death. He's claiming to be deity. And as far as they were concerned, this Jesus was not God because he hadn't gone through the proper channels. And verses 22 through 24, and this is my favorite part. Jesus knows what they're thinking. Jesus knows what they're thinking in their hearts. And he knows that they're thinking, it's easy to say your sins are forgiven, Because there's no proof required. And then, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but he sort of says to them, just so you'll know that I can forgive sins and heal him, two things that man could never do are easy for God to do. And he looks at the man and he says, get up, take your mat and go home. And this man who has been paralyzed since birth stands up in front of the crowd and walks away. And verse 25 and 26 tell us that everyone was amazed and said we have seen remarkable things today. Amen? Amen. 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 Folks, there's an outline that looks like this. Hopefully you have one. If not... Please grab one in the back. This will help you. I want to go over four questions in this that apply to you for who's your one in 2021. These four questions are focused on the friends who pointed the paralyzed man to Jesus, whether they were clearing a path ahead of time or the ones who actually lowered him down. Now listen, I'm going to try to get in the habit of saying that we are asking you to point your one towards Jesus instead of saying, lead your one to Jesus or bring your one to Jesus. When, when I say lead or bring, it kind of makes it sound like you're the deliverer and the only one who can deliver your one from freedom from sin is Jesus Christ. So I'm probably gonna mess up as this goes on and I'll let it slip every now and then, but I'm trying to use the semantics of pointing your one towards Jesus. And why are we asking you to do that this year? Well, number one, God's word commands it. Go ye, Matthew 28, go ye therefore and teach all nations, teach them to observe all things. And then it continues, whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And the second thing we want to make sure is church leadership here that you know is that the Christian life is not, is not, is not a spectator sport. Okay? Folks, I am a huge fan of the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team. I am a huge fan of the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles football team. And I'm sure my wife will tell you that I spend far too much time, energy, and effort rooting for these teams. I cheer for them, and I pull for them. But you know what? I've never been on the basketball court during a Sixers game. I've never been on the field during an Eagles game. I have actually contributed nothing towards them. I'm just a fan. Well, here at East Shore Baptist Church, We don't want any of our members to just be a fan. Because being a fan is easy. Oh, my church shares the gospel. My church works at Bethesda Mission. My church feeds the poor. And that's nice, but but we don't want that. We want you to be a contributor. We want you to pray to the Holy Spirit to lay a burden on your heart to share the gospel with one person. That's a low bar, ladies and gentlemen. With one person in 2021. And God will give that to you if you ask him. So there are four questions on this outline. Only you can answer them. Only you can answer them with regards to pointing your one towards Jesus. So number one, your first fill in. What is your motivation? What is your motivation? This is huge, folks. Obviously the motivation of the, of the friends of the paralytic was love. They wanted to see him healed. A little self-confession. I'm someone who suffered with wrong motivation for years, for years. And I'm, I, I thought of a way to try to demonstrate to that. And this might be silly uh, or maybe it's something somebody needed to hear. But, but let me try. Let me try. This rod right here is my continuum of motivation. My continuum of motivation. Motivation. And motivation counts whether you're trying to stop a bad habit, an addiction, or lose weight, or whatever, or something good, like increase your daily quiet time, or something like that. But I'm specifically applying it to sharing the gospel with others. So, at this extreme end of my continuum of motivation are some reasons that I used to try to share the gospel. Fear and guilt fear and guilt. If I don't try to share the gospel, God's going to be mad at me. He's going to be angry at me. And then there's guilt. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a master's degree in guilt, okay? Um, In preparing for this sermon, this is one preacher, I'm going to tell you what he actually said, that if you don't pick up the corner of the mat that your lost person is on, and if you don't carry them to Jesus. They will never have their sins forgiven and know the Lord. Whoa, that's a lot of guilt. And I'm not so sure I believe that statement. I believe if God wants my one to come to him and he offers me a chance to participate in that and I refuse, I'm thinking the creator of the universe is going to find someone else to fill that role. But I don't want to rest there, okay? Don't get me wrong. I want to be the one. Who participates in that? But fear and guilt are unhealthy motivators. They work in the short term, they do, but they're unhealthy in the long term. At the other end of my spectrum, and maybe this will apply to some of you, is something called FOMO, an abbreviation called FOMO. Does anyone know what that stands for? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out oh gosh, other people in church are sharing and and they're all talking about it and, and I want to be there too and I want the benefits. I want those goosebumply good feelings that I shared with somebody. Equally unhealthy. And it says fear of moving out but it could also be POMO, pride of missing out or SOMO, selfishness of missing out. Two extremes where Tom operated for many years. Here's... Where you need to operate from. Right here at the fulcrum, holding this rod up from sliding down this podium, is God's word. God's word commands us to share out of a grateful heart and out of obedient heart. So instead of fear, instead of FOMO, sharing out of a grateful, obedient heart. Now, there are still aspects of this. When when God is our motivation, I went from fear and guilt to... Healthy burdens. Healthy burdens. Folks, shortly after you, be, those of you who are here or online, have admitted you're a Savior, repented of your sins, asked, believed that Jesus Christ was born, lived, died on the cross for your sins, and was resurrected, and have asked him into your heart as your personal Savior. That is the gospel. Those of you who've done that, shortly after you did that, you should have had a healthy burden for those that you know and love who don't know Jesus. Now, often when we hear the word burden, it has a negative connotation, but this is a healthy burden. Once I became a believer, I started thinking about my friends, relatives, acquaintances, and neighbors who did not know the Lord. And so out of an obedient and grateful heart, I wanted to share with them, not out of fear, not out of fear. And when you do share with them, you don't get benefits. When you do finally swallow your fear and you do finally share the gospel with someone, regardless of how they respond, then you experience sacred blessings. Do you see the difference between sacred blessings and Benny's? <laughs> okay. Sacred blessings. When you finally get past your fear, and you share with somebody, man, talk about goosebumps. Talk about thank you, God, for that experience. Thank you, God, that the world didn't end like I thought it was going to. And maybe I'll do it again and again and again. Folks, motivation counts. What is your motivation? Every Sunday on these outlines, we have questions for dis- or personal talk the last two are usually these two questions have you shared the gospel this week have you even tried have you even tried if you have a grateful and obedient heart you can do it god will be there with you what is your motivation moving on moving on uh, number two number two what are your expectations what are your expectations? The, the friends who brought the paralytic, their expectation is that God would heal him. And they took a big risk in doing this. But when you have high expectations, you're willing to take big risk. Okay? Let's think about some of our Old Testament heroes. Joshua led the people into the promised land. That was a huge risk. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They took a huge risk not bowing down to a pagan king. By the way, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the story Mr. Don's going to share on our first Friday Night Bites this Friday. You might want to check that out. little plug there. Um, But I'm I'm positive that any of you sharing the gospel with your one, that you're not going to be taking a risk that includes leading a nation into hostile territory. Or you're not going to be taking a risk That involves possibly being thrown in an oven because of what you're doing. Do you have the expectation that God can save your one? If you do, your expectation and your willingness to take a risk should be sky high. Should be sky high. Number three. Number three. What are your obstacles? Only you know your obstacles, and only God can solve them. Let me say that again. Only you know your obstacles, and only God can solve them. The friends who brought the paralytic to Jesus, they had to fight the crowd. They had to fight the weight of a full-grown man and lowering him down a roof. But most of all, folks, they took a risk of creating a disturbance and getting in trouble with the authorities. But to them, they persevered. You and me, we typically face far less obstacles when it comes to sharing with others. But we give up and we raise the white flag of surrender so easily. And I'm talking about Tom too. Can't do it, God. It's just too hard. So ask yourself, what are the obstacles that are derailing you from sharing with your one? With your one. Some common obstacles I hear. And the most popular one. Is well it would be awkward. Oh my goodness. That's what's keeping you from sharing. About the life giving breath of Jesus Christ. Because it might be awkward. Shame on me. Shame on you. You need to get past that. Maybe you're fearing some possible confrontation. Well guess what. There probably will be. Some confrontation, depending on how the person responds. But your audience is God, not the person you're sharing with. It's not my personality to share with others. Um, let me read that Matthew again. Go ye therefore, extroverts, and teach all nations. Teach. Mm-mm. It doesn't say that. We're all commanded to go. Introvert, extrovert, big mouth like me, quiet person like most of you. We're all commanded to share another obstacle i hear is that i don't have regular contact with non-believers <sighs> okay if you pray to god to give you a one and put a one on your heart the god who created this universe do you think he'll find somebody now you may need to communicate with them through facebook messenger or texting or whatever or they might be on the other side of the country but god will find you your one Not an excuse, not an excuse. Um, Some people feel they're unworthy. Uh, Nobody was more unworthy than, than Paul, who became the greatest evangelism of the New Testament. You might feel you're unknowledgeable. You don't need to be a Bible scholar to share your testimony. And perhaps the worst obstacle of all is just selfish apathy, selfish apathy, And that's something you just need to work out with God. If you really don't care about your loved ones, that's between you and the Lord. God can conquer all of these guys, but you must do your part. And I'm talking to myself too. You must do your part. It all begins with... Hello. It all begins with prayer. And then you just taking some steps forward. Even baby steps are fine. But always keep in mind, What could happen if you persevered and shared the gospel with your one? What could the result be? I've got to share with you something that happened last night that was just so powerful. Um, I'm watching the Sixers game, of course, and a high school buddy calls me who I've known for 46 years. Um, And... He has had a significant health scare recently in his life. And so he and I are talking and the conversation is getting more and more spiritual. And I have been praying for him for decades. And it's getting more and more spiritual. And I muted the sound and I'm just watching the game and it's getting more and more serious. And I, and like the Holy Spirit's like, Tom, have you been praying for this? Why don't you turn off the stupid game? So, with 16 seconds left and the score tied 97 97, (laughs) Tom turned off the game and sat in the dark so I could focus on what was going on. And I shared the gospel, and he shared his heart. And now I know that my brother knows Jesus as his Savior and Lord, and he knows where he's going to be in eternity. And he told me that he was going to watch today. And if you are, my brother, I love you. I love you. And it wasn't so much what Tom did. He, he had come to this realization on his own in a different in a different denomination, I might add. But that that doesn't matter. He, he knows who he needs to know and who he needs to believe to live eternally. God can do that. That's our God. He that, that he's amazing. He's amazing. So I hope that encourages you. That that has nothing to do with me, but just God. And by the way, the Sixers went on to lose in overtime, so I didn't miss a thing. <laughs> um, I was so I was so pumped when when I got off that. Um, and being the foolish man I am, I celebrated by having <laughs> eight brownies and half a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> and there may have been some peanuts and M and M's and chocolate syrup involved as well which I'm paying for today, but I'll learn, I'll learn. All right, number four, number four. Do you believe in miracles? You're filling. Do you believe in miracles? And I'm not talking about the 1980 US hockey team, okay? Now, it wouldn't be a sermon if I didn't make fun of my son. So (laughs) I'm walking with him earlier this week, and he says... Are you ready for your feeling old moment? And I said, well, not particularly, no, but it sounds like I'm going to get it anyhow. And he said, do you remember when the USA won the gold? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was in the Navy barracks. We were all pounding on the floor. It was awesome. He says, yeah, Dad, last week that was 41 years ago. So that's your sensitive pastor right there. But anyhow, (laughs) I digress. Miracles, miracles. If you are sitting in the sanctuary or you are at home, and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you are a walking miracle. Amen? Amen? Don't forget from where you came from. I don't care if you were raised in a Christian home. You were selfish. You were gossipy. You had impure thoughts, and God saved you from all of that. You are a walking miracle. And you can play a part in the transformation of who's your one. Do it folks. Don't settle for the mundane of life. Right? My my life scripture is John 10.10. 10. The thief, that is Satan, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I want that abundant life. And that abundant life includes getting past my fears, and talking to others about Jesus. Don't settle for the mundane. You know the scripture we read? You know what the most mundane part? Mundane in quotes, because nothing Jesus does is mundane. But you know what the most mundane part of that scripture was? When the guy got up and walked. You know what the supernatural miracle was? When Jesus healed him and forgave him of his sins. That Is huge. Jesus dealt with the man's sin because that is our most basic human need. The mundane in the life of the person, whoever your one is, the mundane in their life is their sin. They are paralyzed by it, they are enslaved in it. And you can point them towards the truth and the key to make them a walking miracle you can be a supernatural part of their salvation. So as I wrap up here, as you share with your one, first of all, begin with prayer. And whether you use the Roman road or the, my favorite, the relationship model, how we were created to have a relationship with God, we can't because of our sin, but we can because he paid the price for us on the cross, but it's a relationship they must choose. Please understand that. You are not responsible for their response. Take that burden off your shoulders. You're just responsible to share, to point. But it's important. What is your motivation? What are your expectations? What are your obstacles? Do you believe in miracles? If you're here today or watching online and you're not exactly sure what we mean by making Jesus Christ the Savior of your life, then talk to us during the song of response. Or if that freaks you out coming up front, talk to us afterwards or text us or email us and we will share with you how you can transform your life through Jesus Christ. If you're sitting here and you've already done that, then ask God to commit you to playing a part in the transformation of who's your one. In closing, let me share this picture with you. And worship team, you you can come on up while I share this. This is a a picture, and and I'm sorry if you can't pick it up online or you can't see it from where you are. But this is a picture that was made by one of the men at Keystone whose life was transformed by the blood of Christ. And on it, he by the way, he drew this, hand drew this on, all he had was a handkerchief. This is just a handkerchief. And he drew this, and this, is, this was the verse you said today with, uh, before the offering, and he has half of it here, and that is um, John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and you can help me finish it, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Folks, if you believe that, if you believe that, don't you want to share that with someone else? Don't you want to share that with someone you love? Don't you want to get past your obstacles and do that? Please commit to that and pray about that now. Let's stand in a moment of silent prayer.